Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. And mention when Moses said to his servant, I will not cease traveling until I reach the junction of the two seas, or continue for a long period. Before I start the show, I'd like to send my deepest heartfelt condolences to the Imam of our time, to you, the Shia of Amir al-Mu'mineen and the Islamic Ummah, on these sad nights of the death of Amir al-Mu'mineen Ali ibn Abi Talib alayhi salam. May Allah grant us the visitation of his grave and read the ziyara by his side. I also want to say that our hearts are with those families of the four youths who lost their lives in California in that fatal car crash when they were coming back from Suhoor. May Allah grant their parents and their families the most sabr. Prophet Khidr alayhi salam. Last night we looked at the life of Prophet Musa alayhi salam with Bani Israel and we saw how arrogant this community was. If you haven't watched that episode or the previous episodes, then please go back on our YouTube and Facebook and watch those episodes there. They will be uploaded. But please continue following us on this Ramadan special by watching us on any IPTV, YouTube and Facebook and your iOS and Android devices by downloading the Imam Hussein TV app. Tonight, inshallah, we look at the life of Prophet Khidr salam. We looked at the majority of the life of Prophet Musa salam over the past few nights, but that one more meeting, and who were the successors of Prophet Musa salam? I'm your host, Minhal Khafaji, the life of Prophet Khidr salam with Dr. Sayyid Amman Naqshawani Sayyidna. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum as How are you doing tonight? Very well, thank Alhamdulillah. you. Alhamdulillah. Our condolences um, in these coming nights to all the viewers, as you rightly mentioned, on the martyrdom of Amir al-Mu'mineen Ali ibn Abi Talib salam. And our condolences to the Lebanese community in California who I had the honor of lecturing at a few years ago. Wonderful community. And those brethren of ours from Lebanon, from the area of Yaron, who passed away with the beautiful names of Hussein. May Allah bless their souls and give patience to their families mm -hmm. in this difficult period. Ya Allah. Now, Sayyidna, straight into the topic. What led to the meeting <coughs> between Prophet Musa and Prophet Khidr? Because I've heard that it was because of Prophet Musa's arrogance. This is one of the most mystical stories you'll ever find. The moment you know that a fish comes back alive, you know you're in some twilight zone. Yeah. And you also know that this isn't a normal dimension. This is some next dimension. This is some matrix dimension. Mm -hmm. Musa and Khadr is a unique story. And having been in the wilderness with the children of Israel, as we mentioned yesterday for that 40 year period, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala decides that Nabi Musa salam will continue to grow even if his people want to remain stubborn. When a Mawlana is in a community or a scholar is in a community, you not listening to him is not affecting him. He can continue to grow. The ones who are being affected are yourselves. The children of Israel were being affected when Nabi Musa salam was continuing to grow. <laughs> Someone from the companions of Nabi Musa salam, said, there's no one more knowledgeable than you. Nabi Musa salam, doesn't have an inch of arrogance in him. 
And so those who try and portray Nabi Musa السلام, as being somebody who at that moment thought he had more knowledge than everybody else. And so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wanted him to meet Prophet Khadr السلام, You find that on the contrary, when that person said to Nabi Musa, I bet there's no one who's got more knowledge than you. Nabi Musa said, Ya Allah, show me somebody with more knowledge than me. Mm-hmm. Is there somebody out there with more knowledge than me? Can be taken in two ways. You can either say, is there anyone out there with more knowledge than me? Mm-hmm. Or it could be, is there anyone out there I can meet who has more knowledge than me? The way you say it. Never would a prophet of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala have any arrogance where they would be walking around. Otherwise, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, as he told Nabi Musa, do you know why I chose you as a prophet? Because I looked at all my creation, I did not see anyone as humble as you. Therefore, with Nabi Musa alayhi salam, he had asked Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Ya Allah, is there anyone with more knowledge than me? These prophets had a yearning, they loved to go out to seek knowledge. Mm. And that is a message for all of us. Mm-hmm. Whether it's Moses, whether it's Khidr, whether it's the prophets we have mentioned in the past, or the coming prophets, we're going to look at Dawood and Sulaiman yeah. and Yunus and Zakaria and Yahya and Isa and the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, all of them, their motto, apart from submit yourself to the one God, mm-hmm. was what? Seek knowledge from the cradle to the grave. Sure. So you find that with Nabi Musa alayhi salam, there was a yearning to gain more knowledge. He wanted to go out there. He wanted to see who was able to provide him. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives him the beginning of this whole mystical journey. Mm. That he sets out and tells him that you'll find him at the confluence of the two seas. Mm. Where those two seas are. And this two seas has water that gives life back to the dead. I haven't got a clue where the confluence of the two seas is. Uh I don't know. I think that adds to that whole mystical, you know, story. That there's this water, you know, some people say there's a water fountain somewhere on the earth, which is the spring of life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it gives you life. And you see mm-hmm. some films where they yeah. say that if you came to that fountain and you touched it, suddenly you became alive again. Mm-hmm. Nabi Musa, therefore, there was no arrogance in him. Nabi Musa, on the contrary, he went out to look for somebody who could continue to allow him and to highlight that it's not an embarrassment, even at that old age. Yeah. To go out in order to learn more. Now, Sayyidina, where was Prophet Harun at that stage? So, when Nabi Musa sets out, uh, he leaves Nabi Harun to be his successor in looking after the affairs of Bani Israel. Yeah, Nabi Harun was not with him. Now, in the verse that I mentioned in the beginning, and mentioned when Moses said to his servant, Yes. Who was that servant? That servant, according to many hadiths, would later be the successor of Nabi Musa alayhi salam. Mm -hmm. And that was Joshua son of Nun. Uh Uh, And Joshua son of Nun accompanies Musa. Musa has told him, listen, I'm going to search for ilm even if I'm going to have to take years to find ilm. Mm And that highlights that those people who have knowledge, it doesn't come to them in one day. Mm-hmm. There's years and years and years of learning and years of studying. And they're always seeking to learn even in their old age. Mm-hmm. 
Mm. As then when you look at scholars like Ayatollah al khoi may Allah bless his soul, even in his early 90s, he's still yearning to look back at some of his opinions and to reflect on what he said, what he could change, mm -hmm. what new references have popped up. And so Nabi Musa alayhi salam went with Joshua son of Nun. They packed their bags. They had one um, fish with them. Uh, so you could tell Nabi Musa was, was, a, was a healthy chap and he, <laughs> he wanted to make sure that, you know, that fish would be there for them when they get hungry. Have to get an omega-3. Needs the omega-3 big time. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, they've gone together, him and Joshua son of Nun. And I must admit, Joshua son of Nun, I don't think continues the journey. Mm -hmm. There isn't really a mentioning of him when we look at the discussion with Prophet Khadr alayhi salam. So... They've got to a certain juncture by the water. Mm -hmm. Still don't know if this is the confluence of the two seas. Okay. And at that moment, Nabi Musa wants to take a nap. Mm -hmm. Joshua, son of Nun, while getting his stuff together, must have taken some of the water and that water touched the fish. Before he knows it, that fish has come back alive and gone. Wants to tell Nabi Musa, Nabi Musa sleeping, you don't want to wake up a prophet. <laughs> Nabi Musa's fast asleep. Joshua son of Nun thinks to himself, oh God, what do I say now? Anyway, by the time Nabi Musa salam, wakes up and they now begin to look for, now they're still about to move on in their journey. Yeah. Joshua son of Nun hears Nabi Musa say, I'm hungry, is there anything to eat? He said, I forgot to tell you, remember the fish we had? Uh, it's not with us anymore, it's come back alive. And he's realized, yes, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told me, when you get to the spring of the fountain of life, yeah. the fish comes back alive, then know that that's the area from where you're going to meet Prophet Khadr alayhi salam. Now, does that fish coming back to life indicate something to us? I think it's very mystical. That's the first thing. <laughs> yeah. You know, I have no doubt about that. It's, uh, you know, a fish which is passed away. Mm. You know, uh, normally you'll say to her, Inna lillahu, inna alayhi raji'un, you know, and, 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 for, <laughs> you know, and, and then, uh, and then for you to see that fish gain life, mm -hmm. it's the beginning of that whole mystical dimension. Mm -hmm. There's a number of matrices in the story. Yeah. yeah. Now saying that in Shia, <coughs> yes. not all fish is allowed, but other schools in Islam, they would permit all fish. Now, why is it when chapter five, uh, verse 96 it says Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim Lawful to you is gain from the sea And it's food as provision for you and the travellers But forbidden to you is gain from the land As long as you are in the state of ihram And fear Allah to whom you will be gathered Other schools in Islam You'll find many of them Allow you to eat all fish from the sea mm -hmm. That's why our brothers from Ahl sunnah You'll find that it will be normal to see them in restaurants having lobster or having crab. Some will have oyster, octopus, calamari. Mm. And you'll see that the Shia, amongst the signs of them, in the opinion of some ulama, was the fact that we would only have the fish. Mm-hmm. Which were made permissible to us. You've got the difference between fish with scales and fish. Without. Which one is allowed? The fish? With. with yeah. So, 
Other schools in Islam said everything in the sea is allowed. Mm -hmm. On the basis of that ayah, mm -hmm. when the Quran said, lakum al bahr," mm -hmm. that permissible for you is the game of the sea. Mata an lakum wal and it's a provision for you and for the travelers. After that, what did it say? Okay, and then after that? Okay. This context of this ayah, Surah 5 verse 96, is in the context of what you're allowed to hunt when you're in ihram. Uh -huh. Permissible for you is to hunt from the sea, but hunting on the land is not allowed. So in the Shi'i school, the opinion was that this ayah wasn't saying that all of the fish in the sea are allowed. Mm -hmm. It was saying for those of you who are travelers on the Hajj journey, for example, there are certain laws about hunting, mm -hmm. certain laws about the matat that you can have. Yes, mm -hmm. And of them is that you can hunt from the sea. Our imams, the imams of Ahlul Bayt have said to us, that the fish with scales, that which is permissible. Some will say, well, how about areas such as shrimp? Shrimps are allowed because we have a clear hadith in the wasail from Imam Musa al-Kadhim alayhi salam. Mm -hmm. The shrimps and the prawns are mentioned. Yeah. However, crabs and lobsters and octopus and oyster and calamari, uh, all of these are haram. Now, someone might give the odd opinion where some scholars have said that it's highly makruh, for example. Okay. It's reprehensible very highly. Mm -hmm. Now, if a person follows those scholars, of course, it's completely up to them, you know, what opinions they take. But if you look at the opinion majority of the scholars, mm -hmm. you'll find that, for example, sea bass is allowed. Yeah. Cod is allowed. Mm -hmm. You'll find, for example, Dover sole is allowed. Do I sound like somebody with experts on the yeah, world yeah, of yeah. fish? <laughs> So like you know, these, these trout, for example, that is allowed. Salmon mm -hmm. is allowed. I think there's enough out there where there isn't doubt. Yeah. So we don't know the exact fish that was with Nabi Musa mm -hmm. salam. But let's see what happens. When yeah. he knows at that moment that he is now in the area, he sees Khadr praying. Now, of course, Khadr salam. His original name was Talia, the son of Milkan. And he was one of the descendants of Nabi Nuh, alayhi salam. Khadar, Akhdar. Akhdar, Khadar. Akhdar means green. green. Wherever he'd sit, it would become lush green. I wish we could all have that. You know, yep. there's some countries in the Middle East, they wish they could see grass. Mm -hmm. Now you imagine Al-Akhdar, Nabi Khadar, wherever he would sit, it would turn green. SubhanAllah. Someone asked the question. Quran doesn't mention Nabi Khadr or Khadr. Quran says, He found a servant of our servants. Someone said, How is he a prophet? Doesn't say Nabi Khadr. Says Nabi Ibrahim, says Nabi Nuh, says Nabi Muhammad sallallahu Doesn't say Nabi Khadr. All it says is, فَوَجَدَ عَبْدًا مِنْ عِبَادًا Abd already is a very high level. Yes. 
in our tashahud when we are praying. Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah wahdahu la sharika lah. Wa ashhadu anna muhammadan abduhu wa rasool. What came first? Rasool or abd? Abd. Very good point there. To be an abd of Allah. Fawajada abdan min ibadina. Number one. Number two. Is there a bigger rahmah than Nubuwa? We gave him a mercy of ours. Is there a bigger rahmah than Nubuwa? No. Number three. We taught him ilm la dunni. Ilm la dunni is reserved for those chosen yes. by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yes. So, Nabi Musa sees Nabi Khadr. Says to him, um, Excuse me, may I join you? Said yes. Nabi Khadr was praying. Musa said to him, Khidr said, uh, Musa said, I am the Musa son of Amran, and that's Joshua son of Nun. He said, you're Moses who spoke to God? He said, yes. He said, okay. He said to him, why have you come? He said, because I want to gain knowledge from you. He looked at him, he said, there are things I know you don't, and there are things you know that I don't. Okay. But you don't have the patience to bear what I'm going to show you. Mm. Moses who's spoken to Allah. Yeah. Moses from all al-Azm. The beauty of Musa seeking knowledge, the beauty of Khidr saying ilm can never be achieved unless there's sabr. And I don't think you have that sabr. Mm. You'd think that Nabi Musa would say, what? You took it to me? Yeah. Do you know who I am? I spoke to God. I'm the Kaleem of Allah. No. Many of those who reached the top are the ones who persevered looking for ilm. Didn't give up. Ahsant, yes. Ilm requires immense sabr. Mm. Patience. Many of the greatest scholars never reached where they reached. Were it not for their sabr that they had. Mm. Musa said, no, 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 I promise you, I promise you. I've got the sabr. I promise you. He said to him, okay, join me. But don't ask any questions. I don't think you'll be able to. Because the human being will ask questions. And the human being wants to know the answer to everything at that moment. I don't think you'll have the patience. He said, no, <coughs> I've got the patience. Bring it on. Patience is there. Bring it on. <laughs> They come by a boat. Mm -hmm. There's some sailors standing there. Sailors used to use the boat to cross, you know, as a vessel for people. Yeah, yeah. And to load some fish. Mm. Nabi Khidr gets a stick and breaks a hole in the boat in front of the sailors. Tell me, who's got the bravery to do that in front of sailors? Nabi Musa's like, Not me. <laughs> what have you just done? <laughs> the sailors kicked them both out. Nabi Musa said, What have you just done? He said, I told you to have the patience to bear what I'm going to show you. He said, no, 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 I won't ask any more questions. Sorry, sorry, you're all right. Mm. Because that mm. sabra comes up, up again. Exactly. You don't have the patience. He said, no, 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 I won't ask. And then Moses thinking, why did you just make a hole in a random boat? Mm -hmm. He just blatantly smashed a hole in the boat. Mm -hmm. And the sailors have just both kicked, they kicked us all out. 
He said, listen, listen, just come with me. <clears throat> Nabi Musa is thinking, thinking, thinking. You know what Nabi Khidr does? Sees a young boy, shh, kills him. Musa's like, what's going on? Mm-hmm. Did you just kill an innocent young boy? Musa was representing all of us at that moment. Yes. At that moment. Mm-hmm. Musa alayhi salam was representing all of us. Mm. Where when we see something we can't see, there may be a wisdom, there may be a lesson. Yeah. We want the answer now. Mm. Why? Musa represented the whole of humanity. Yes. So said, I told you you don't have the patience to bear what I'm going to show you. Mm-hmm. Musa, sorry, sorry, no more. Is that you sure? He goes, okay. They come to an area. They're starving now. Listen, he hasn't had that fish. <laughs> it's gone. So they come to an area. They're starving. They ask the people of the area, can someone give us food? No one's giving them any food. They see a wall. Khadr says, come, let's repair this wall. Musa says, I'm not asking any more questions. Repairs the wall. Done. Gone. Musa's thinking, I just saw a man smash a hole in a boat, mm-hmm. kill somebody, mm-hmm. and just repair a wall, random wall. That's one long day. Very. <laughs> That's one long day. Yes. The examples are given, but they're not meant to be given in exact analogies. But if you remember, Denzel Washington mm. had a film once where he trains that police officer for one day, but he shows him the world of the drugs. And he turns out to be one of the drug lords himself. Mm-hmm. If any of you remember that film, it'll come back to me. What happens? This is an example only that one, sometimes in your life, one day can be a million lessons. Mm-hmm. Yes. A million lessons. Khadr turns out to Musa and said, Now I'll tell you what happened. Mm. The boat belonged to those sailors. There's a king who's oppressive in this area. He's going around taking people's boats and not giving them anything, just stealing them because he's the king. I made a hole in the boat. Big enough for the king not to be interested in their boat. Small enough for them to be able to repair it. Subhanallah. Subhanallah. Musa's like, okay. But the young boy. He said, that young boy, if he were to continue growing, he would have been a menace to his parents and would have made them leave the path of God. He was killed because many parents don't understand when we take a child away. They don't know that firstly, that child is a trust from God. Secondly, that child could have been the cause of their deviation away from the religion of God. If you were to tell a parent that your child dies at a young age, it's devastating. If you were to tell them that only 20 years later, that child would be the cause of them leaving the path of God, Would they choose the child to remain alive? Or would they rather have themselves deviate from the path or stay on the path of God? So he said, but do not worry. They lost that child. Shortly, Allah will give them a daughter. From her line, 70 prophets of Allah will be born. Subhanallah.
when we lose a child, mm. it's devastating. Yeah. I don't know if 10 years later that child leads me, my daughter, my son, my wife to leave the religion. What's greater, trusting God's plan or complaining about it? He said, as for the wall, behind that wall there is gold, there's silver, but there are also other relics there. And those relics mention Muhammad and Al-Muhammad's name. That gold and silver belongs to two orphans. The king would have taken it. I repaired it in a way so that it remains with them because it was left by a father who's a good man. He said to him, Musa, come with me. He said, what is it? He said, do you see that bird over there? He said to him, yes, I do. He said, look at that bird. Look at it as it's going near the water. He says, I see it. He said, look at it as it gets closer to the water. He says, I see it. He said, look at it as it enters the water. He says, I see it. He said, look at it as it leaves the water. He said, I see it. He said, look at it fly up. He said, I see it fly up. He said, look at the drops of water by its beak. He said, I see them. He said, look at the drops of water again. He said, I see them. He said, the drops of water in ratio to that sea is our knowledge and ratio to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There are things that I know that you don't. There are things that you know that I don't. But above everyone with knowledge is the all-knowledgeable Lord. In that moment, mm. the worlds of Wilayat Taqwiniya and Wilayat Tashri'iya, creative authority and legislative authority. Moses had the Torah. He had the Wilayah of Sharia. He was a guardian of Sharia. Whereas what you had with Khidr, he had the power of the creative legislation. Mm. There are times the Prophet of Allah has the wilayah of Sharia. Allah wants him to learn more about the taqweeniyah. Hence in that moment, you had a Prophet of Allah with wilayah taqweeniyah and another Prophet with wilayah tashri'iyah. And at that moment, they were able to merge together. <coughs> Literal goosebumps after that story. Thank you very much for that first insightful part on the life of Prophet Khidr with Prophet Musa Do stay tuned for the second part and send in your questions so that the Sayyid can answer them. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah wa barakatuh. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah wa barakatuh. A very warm welcome back to you all as we continue the discussion on the life of Prophet Khidr alayhi salam. Now, Zaydna, before we get started, the movie you were referring to about Denzel Washington is called American Gangsters. Well done, well done. Which surah is that? <laughs> now, Zaydna, the question is can you have two prophets, one at the same time, obviously, one with more in than the other? Yes, I think it's very normal. Mm. Um, we've seen with Prophet Ibrahim and Prophet Ismail as an example. 
Prophet Adam and Prophet Sheath. Um, and they can have different areas of knowledge as well, as we mentioned with the difference between taqween and tashri' and how much Allah decides to give them. Mm-hmm. But the ulil azm are without a doubt the highest of them. Now, we <coughs> learned that uh, Prophet Khidr was very, used to supplicate Allah a lot. Is his legacy still continued until this day with yeah. his du'as? Every Thursday night? Uh-huh. Which du'a? Du'a Kumail. Du'a Kumail was taught by who to Kumail? Imam Ali And who passed on du'a Kumail to Imam Ali Who would it be? Who are we talking about tonight? Prophet Khidr. There you go. Oh, Spawn. It's, it's very true that many people know that Imam Ali taught Kumail, du'a Kumail. Very mm-hmm. true. Mm. But many people forget that Prophet Khidr in the opinion of many scholars, is not dead, he's alive. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Prophet Khidr salam, has been with the prophets of Allah. There are many anecdotes about Prophet Khidr salam, with many of the great prophets of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Imam Ali teaches the dua known as dua Kumail, as mm-hmm. we have it in our communities, uh, in a mosque in Basra on the night of the 15th of Sha'ban. Mm-hmm. Um, and you find... That, that dua remains one of the most wonderful supplications. You know, in Shi'i spirituality, nobody comes near the du'as of Ahlul Bayt. Dua Kumail, dua Yastashir, dua Abi Hamza, dua Mashlul, dua Jawshan Al-Kabir. These du'as which we recite in these nights, a dua anybody can read, be they religious or not, close to God or not, mm-hmm. selfish or not. Munajat is something only from the lovers of God. Mm-hmm. And so if you can read the ad'iyah and the munajat in this period, it's amazing. But yeah, Khidr has this real mystical element that means he's alive until today, Yeah, in the opinions of some. Now, he's alive until today. Does he have a relation with Imam al-Mahdi? Well, I'm sure there's a relation, but I'm not privy to that dimension. <laughs> um, you know, we remember Prophet Khidr, we go to Masjid al-Kufa, we remember him, there's a place to pray. Mm. We go to Masjid al-Sahla. And it just goes to highlight, if Allah wants to, he can allow one of his creations to live for a long time. I don't know what this uh, absurd argument is about your Mahdi, where is he? Is he in a basement? Is he in a cellar? Mm-hmm. As a Muslim, I'm baffled why you've got a problem with someone living so long. You know, shaitan's lived longer than all these guys. Um, but yeah, um, I'm sure there's a relationship there. Now, Sayyidina, you mentioned in the beginning that Prophet Musa salam left Prophet Harun salam as the successor. When did Prophet Harun salam die? Yeah, he died before Nabi Musa. Nabi Musa is the one who buried Prophet Harun. Mm-hmm. And Prophet Harun had two sons, Shubbar and Shabir. Mm-hmm. And that's why that similarity of Ali is to me like Harun was to Musa. Yeah. Uh, Imam Ali's sons, similar to Harun, Shubbar and Shabir, Hassan and Hussein. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so yeah, it was Nabi Musa who buried Nabi Harun alayhi salam. And then after that, you had Joshua, son of Nun. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joshua, son of Nun, divided the Holy Land when he went with the children of Israel into 12 regions Mm -hmm. um, and assigned it to 12 different tribes. Mm -hmm. 
And from there you had consecutive successes. Yeah. Now when did Prophet Musa السلام, die and who was it that succeeded him? Nabi Musa السلام, died at the age of 240. Mm-hmm. 240. As we mentioned, he was succeeded by Yusha bin Nun, Joshua son of Nun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now Sayyidina, after Musa السلام, the Quran mentions a few prophets now but we don't really hear much of them such as Uzair, Ilyas, Ilyasa, uh, Ismail not Ismail son of Ibrahim yeah, another Ismail yeah. um, and in chapter 9 verse 3 it says Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim the Jews say Ezra is the son of Allah and the Christians say the Messiah is the son of Allah that is their statement from their mouths they imitate uh, the saying of those who disbelieve before them may Allah destroy them how are they deluded you're absolutely right, Minhal. You know, after the Nabi Musa السلام, when he died, he leaves behind a tabut. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this tabut is passed from prophet to prophet. And in that tabut, uh, you know, tomorrow we go towards the story of David and Goliath and, mm-hmm. and you know what happens with Prophet Samuel. But in that in that tabut, you have, for example, the staff of Adam, you have the turban of Harun, you have the sandals of Musa, you've got some of the food stuffs from Nabi Musa that came heavenly. So you have rings in there and other, you know, amulets as well. Nabi Musa السلام, dies. And when he dies, Yusha, son of Nun, Joshua is the one who leads the children. What lead children of Israel as we've seen before? Absolute mess. You know, the children of Israel, Bani Israel and the Quran are a mess. And they even reach a level where one of the prophets that has come is, now, is known as Prophet Uzair. Mm. Like you said, Qalat al-Yahud Uzair. Ibn Allah. They said that uh, Uzair is the son of Allah. Many people say that the Christians say, or Christians are the ones who believe that Jesus is the son of God. God. Whereas what you have is that there was a Jewish community that also for a certain period believed Uzair was the son of God. God. Um, Uzair was the one who had come past the town and that town was a town that had died and he asked the question, how do you raise this town after it's died? And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala caused him to die for a hundred years. Mm-hmm. He had a twin brother by the name of Aziz. Mm-hmm. And Uzair, Dhulkif, Ilyas, all of these are prophets who are mentioned for Bani Israel, where there's only one or two verses, but each one has a nice story. Because yeah. many people say to me, who's Uzair, who's Dhulkif, who's Ilyas? You know, what's their stories? Let's look at each one. Mm-hmm. In terms of Uzair, as I said, he had a twin brother called Aziz. How do we know this? Many times I repeat this. Our knowledge of the prophets of Allah comes from the Ahlul Bayt with the Quran being the main source in its origin and the hadiths of Al Muhammad. And what you have is that Imam Al-Baqir was asked this question. Which two, which twins die, were born on the same day? died on the same day. One was 50, the other was 150. Twins, born the same day, die the same day. One was 50, the other was? 150. How? If they're twins and they're born the same day and they die the same day, how could they be on? Imam al-Baqir replied, that was Nabi Uzair and his brother Aziz. How? When Nabi Uzair was 30, Aziz was? 30. Allah caused 
Nabi Uzair to die for a hundred years, brought him back to life as a sign for his people and sign for himself about resurrection. When people ask who's going to resurrect us, the one who created you in the first place is the one who's going to resurrect you. And that whole area is resurrected. He is resurrected. He still sees the signs of what remained behind. Therefore, when he comes back alive a hundred years later, how old would his brother be if he come back? 130. 130. His brother would be 130 and Uzair would be 30. Allah let them both live for 20 years after that. So Uzair would be 20 years after 30 would be? 50. 50 and his brother would be? 150. 150. Sadly, some people the Quran tells us. Al-Yahud said Uzair is the son of God. And the Christians said Al-Masih, the Messiah is the son of God. Mm -hmm. These same words were uttered by Imam al-Hussein before he was killed on the 10th of Muharram. Mm. He said Allah was angry with them when they said that Uzair is the son of God. Mm -hmm. Allah was angry with the Christians when they made Jesus the son of God. Allah was angry with the Magians when they started to worship the fire. And Allah will be angry with you who kill and shed the blood of the son of the daughter of his prophet. Mm -hmm. But I'll join my Lord with my beard. I will come towards my Lord with my beard covered in blood and complain to him and tell him about the injustices. So therefore, Uzair was one of the prophets of Allah, came to Bani Israel and sadly you had people who called him the son of God. Who is the other ones? Of the other ones, who are there that you would like to mention in the verses? Now, um, I wanted to mention uh, in Surah Mar Maryam, chapter 19, verse 54, it says, mm. Rahim." وَاذْكُرْ فِي الْكِتَابِ إِسْمَاعِيلِ إِنَّهُ كَانَ صَادِقَ الْوَعْدِ وَكَانَ رَسُولَ النَّبِيَةِ Now, was there Ismail after Prophet Musa yes, we have two Ismails. Mm. Ismail, son of Ibrahim, is different from Sadiq al-Wa'd. Here, this one, mentioned in Surah Maryam, show is mentioned after Musa. Yes. Ismail, son of Ibrahim, is different to this Ismail. This Ismail is a successor of Nabi Musa alayhi salam. Sadiq al-Wa'd, truthful. In what? In his promise. Yes. Do you know how truthful? There's a narration that says he told somebody, somebody said to him, just wait here. I'm going to do something. I'm going to come back talk with you. Narration says that he waited for a year. Until someone said, listen, you could go home now. I remember one month or one year, he waited a long time. Imagine, I go to you, listen, Minhal, Minhal, wait here. I'm just going to go up the road. Mm -hmm. I'm going to get a, a, a drink and I'm going to come back. You, and you're like, okay, bro, don't worry, I'm here. Mm -hmm. True? Yes. You'll say to me, bro, I'm yeah, here. I'm here. That's it. That's it. I'm waiting for you. If you're Sadiq Al-Wa'd, mm -hmm. you go wait there until I come back. Exactly. What if I don't come back in tomorrow? Five minutes, I'm Five gone. minutes, you're gone, bro. Five, Five minutes, minutes. Benhal, you're not waiting. I'm not waiting for you. <laughs> one day, one month. This Ismail, not son of Ibrahim. Another of the successes of who? Nabi Musa, Nabi Musa salam. He was Sadiq al-Wa'ad, a patient, upright individual. And he was known as a narration that really touches you. Yeah. His community attacked him. His community tried to kill him. There's an angel, I think, by the name of Sata'tail. 
one of those names. Mm -hmm. This angel could destroy anything. That was his role. You want to destroy us? Ad, Thamud, we yeah, talked yeah, about yeah. the Lord. And when they were attacking Prophet Ismail, the successor of Musa, Sata'ta'il came, he said, listen, if you want, I'll destroy all of them. He's like, nah, don't. They attack me as one thing. But we know of the grandson of Muhammad, sallallahu alayhi wa alayhi, will come later, who will be attacked in the worst of ways and butchered by his own. I ask one thing to Allah. When that man is raised alive again one day and there is a vengeance for what took place, I want to be with him. That's a famous story. Ismail, from the successors of Nabi Musa السلام, had that story that he said that I want to be alongside Imam Al-Hussein So Karbala and the massacre of Imam Al-Hussein and the love of Imam Al-Hussein was talked about by every prophet of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yes. Very touching story yeah. there. Yeah, no that doubt. really touched me. Um, Sayyidna, we mentioned Ilyas. Now in chapter 6, mm. verse 85, Surah Al-An'am, it says, And Zakaria and John and Jesus and Ilyas and all were of the righteous. Now persecution had occurred to Moses, uh, Moses and his followers and he came to help? Yeah, it's a great, great question. Nabi Ilyas. Mm. Baal Bakis are listening to us. We mentioned Baal Bakol a lot. Baal Bak is full of history, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, we mentioned Baal Bak with Nabi Sheath, mm -hmm. Baal Bak with Imam Al Hussein and the Sabaya. Mm -hmm. Baal Bak is named Baal Bak because of the story of Prophet Ilyas. Mm -hmm. This one opinion. Prophet Ilyas, the children of Israel were being persecuted, not by a king, by a wife of a king. Oh. Jezebel, the wife of Ehab. Ehab was a king. Mm -hmm. His wife Jezebel was a very arrogant lady. Mm. And she would persecute her nation. Mm -hmm. <coughs> Ehab wasn't the worst person in the world, but he said to his wife, I want to marry you. She said, listen, I worship an idol called Baal. Yes. In the Quran. Yep. Surah Al-Safat. Yep. Uh, chapter 37 verse 124 to 126 what are we seeing with Baal mm. his wife was worshipping Baal mm. she said to him you want to marry me Ihab you want to marry me? You go accept Baal. Baal became the most important thing in their relationship. An idol sitting there called Baal. Oh, love does to you. <laughs> there was one person, even by the name of Naboth, who tried to talk to them. Ihab used to like him. Mm. King Ihab. He used to like him. He used to say, you know, Naboth is one of the good people. One day when Ihab had gone, she was jealous that Naboth was somebody who was respected by Ihab. Mm -hmm. And she knew Naboth believed in Tawheed. Mm. And that he could influence Ihab not to come near Baal. Mm. The area was named Baal Bek because of that idol Baal that was there. Mm -hmm. She slaughtered Nabath. She ordered that he gets destroyed. Ilyas, some say Elijah, different opinions. Mm -hmm. Ilyas came. 
He said to the people, you're following this Baal, seriously, this idol, this idol that can be smashed, this idol that cannot talk, mm. this idol that cannot defend itself. The Quran mentions Baalan. Mm. When the Quran mentioned Baalan, why? Because there was a nation of the children of Israel who were living in that time. <laughs> what happened? Nabi Elias came to Ihab. He said to him, Ihab, change your ways. Ihab, you are one of the good people. Mm. This lady has affected you that now you've allowed an idol to be the center of this Baal back. Ihab wouldn't change until one day Ihab's son fell ill. The moment your child feels ill, mm. he came to Nabi Elias and said, what do I have to do? He said, two bulls must be sacrificed. He said, okay. And he said, for the crimes that your wife has committed, the punishment has to be an execution. She has gone around killing innocent people. Yeah. And the punishment, is not, which is not a problem, children of Israel, all your people, mm-hmm. though everybody accepts that this is heinous murders and crimes. Yep. And you found that from that moment, that nation began to prosper more. So that's the story of who? Another of the successors. So who do we have now? We've had Ismail. Yes. We've had Joshua, son of Nun. We've had Uzair. Who else is there? Ilyasa. Ilyasa. So now in the Quran, we have Ilyas, Ilyasa. Yes. Ilyas, Ilyasa. Ilyasa. What we know about him is that. He had miracles shown to the people like Nabi Isa's miracles. Mm. Walking on water, raising the dead and making them alive, curing the leprosy. So he had this as part of his mission to the people to ensure that the children of Israel did not leave their beliefs and others would come towards him. Now, Sayyidina, we mentioned in the episode on Prophet Idris, we we actually mentioned this ayah. It says, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. And mentioned Ishmael and Idris and the Kifl. All were of the patient. Now we explain the patience of the other prophets. Dil Kif, his patience. Yes, Iraq is love, you know, Kif, Chifil, yeah. <laughs> south of Iraq, you know, where people say that he is buried. He, he is an unbelievable individual and one of, not just, and not just a Nabi, he's seen as a Rasul. Mm-hmm. He's seen as one of the 313 Rusul mm-hmm. out of the 124,000 prophets. Um, and he was known for three things. Number one, Salat al-Layl. Number two, he used to fast a lot. Mm-hmm. Number three, you try and make him angry, you'll never be able to make him angry. You'll never make him angry. Shaytan tried his hardest with Kifil. Mm. When Allah tells us, Ilyas, Ilyasa, Kifil, yes, there's one or two ayahs only on them in the Quran, but if you read the hadith, so there's many stories. Mm. And this Kifil, Shaytan, had said, you know what, I will work my socks off to get this guy angry. Could never make him angry. He was known that his success as a Rasul was that he was a person, Salat al-Layl, the night prayers, he'd always be in prayer. Fasting, he'd try and fast as much, but also you can fast and you can pray. But if you've got anger issues, it's problematic. And this person, Al-Kifil, never would get angry. And subhanAllah, you look at his life, you know, I've seen many different opinions why he was called Kifil, Chifil. Mm-hmm. One of them was that he looked after 70 prophets who were about to be executed. You know, in this whole period after Nabi Musa salam, the children of Israel neglected the blessings they had with 600 prophets given to them. Mm-hmm. They massacred some of them. 
they beheaded, they executed, they crucified. And Nabi Kifil السلام, was of those who, it's kafal, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. How would we be looking at the word it kafal in English? Um, uh, yes. Uh, you know, someone who take maybe? it upon himself, you know, the, to protect them. Mm. Um, guarantor, guarantor. So he was the guarantor who looked after 70 prophets. And Allahu alam, how many Anbiya Bani Israel massacred? Allahu alam, how many good prophets they had <clears throat> who they didn't mind snitching about them to even the authorities. Mm. Um, and Allah sent them another two prophets who are a great barakah who we'll look at from tomorrow, inshallah. Ahsant. Now, Sayyidina, was there a um, relation between Prophet Dhul-Kif and Ilyas? Yeah, there's a difference of opinion as to whether Dhul-Kif is a successor of Ilyas. Mm -hmm. yeah, there's all these different hadiths people try and reconcile. <laughs> now, Sayyidina, we're going to take a few questions from WhatsApp. Um, this one says, Salam Sayyidina Ammar, having gone through the patience of Musa, isn't it right to say that Prophet Khidr was more wise and uh, an intellect person than Musa as he couldn't even establish patience to begin with, knowing that it is the word of God, you just do it without questioning? Nabi Musa has not committed any sin. Nabi Musa has seen somebody who's made a hole in a boat and his role as a prophet is that when he sees what looks like the apparent, he's meant to say something. Mm -hmm. But we know that the world that we look at, sometimes we have to look at what's behind what's apparent. <laughs> what's the hidden meaning? And in there, Allah continued to allow his growth. Uh, this question says, uh, Assalamu alaikum. I'm from a Sunni family and I would like to know how I can love and shed tears for the Ahlul Bayt since I was not really taught about them in my family nor in school. Well, I think the more you read the Qur'an and the lessons from the Qur'an, the more you read about the lives of Adil Bayt and lessons from the lives, your heart will soften. Mm -hmm. You see, some things make our heart a rock. Mm -hmm. The more you sin, the more your heart becomes hard. And when your heart becomes very, when your heart becomes very hard, then it becomes very difficult to cry. Mm -hmm. Secondly, there are some of us who, don't, who blatantly don't wake up for Fajr. We don't wake up in the morning to thank Allah. Yeah. We miss our prayers. There's no way you're going to cry for God's beloved ones when you can't do what they've asked you to do. Mm -hmm. um, so inshallah, sister, with time, and uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will open and soften the hearts. Ahsantum Sayyidina, thank you very much for your time for tonight. And that is the end of the life of Prophet Musa alayhi salam. I'm sure you all love those last three nights. Tomorrow, inshallah, we'll be looking at the lives of Prophet Dawood and Prophet Sulaiman alayhi salam. But before we end this, please uh, tune in for the IHDRF advert. We are raising money to feed families all around and within Karbala, uh, the orphans, the families who are in need. Uh, and inshallah we reach our target with your help. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah wa barakatuh. Thank you for listening to our podcast. We encourage you to look at our audio library for more content on Quran, ethics, lifestyle and spirituality. Imam Hussain TV3, your gateway to Karbala.